What's up, sports ballers? Welcome to the latest edition of Sports Ball. And in this episode, Andrew and I discuss our upcoming trip to the big house in Ann Arbor, Michigan to watch my University of Michigan Wolverines demolish his sad little Cornhuskers from Nebraska. That's right. The game is Saturday. We will be there. I'm super pumped. Andrew's excited. It's going to be great to be part of the 110,000 strong crowd there. Uh, oh, college football, man. Mm, so good. Also, we discuss the NFL, some early surprises. Uh, who's hot, who's not. <clears throat> My Lions, cough, cough. And then uh, a quick little uh, NASCAR nugget at the end. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Hello over there, Cam. Are you there? I am. I am. I thought maybe we weren't on speaking terms this week. Oh, oh, that's because you still think Nebraska has a chance to win against Michigan. I forgot. Throw out the records. Here comes, uh, here comes uh, the zero and two Huskers as an eighteen point underdog with their walk on backup quarterback. Oh. I think this might be karma for the night we won when Joe Bowserman had to play quarterback for Michigan. Or uh, not Joe Bowserman. He was the Ohio State quarterback. Uh, Russell Bellamy. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that was a rough game. I forgot about him. Yeah, I think there's probably some people who would prefer to to be with you on that one. (laughs) It's okay. We, uh, you know... It's been an interesting season thus far for many reasons, not the least of which is uh, Michigan's uh, up-and-down offense, which is not terribly surprising. That seems to be the norm lately, the last few years anyways. Yeah, I, uh, they kind of let SMU hang around a little bit on Saturday. I watched some of that game, and then, uh, what was it, late third quarter, fourth quarter, they, they put them away. But uh, not going to let the, uh, the Big Ten teams hang around like that. No, that would be a that would be a foolish thing to do. Yeah, the the first half the offense just couldn't get any consistency. And then we ended the first half with like a seventy three yard pick six. Uh and it was pretty much all she wrote after that. So now uh on Saturday we will be in attendance in at the big house uh for this game. And it carries a little more meaning. I mean Nebraska and Michigan have played, I believe Four times since Nebraska joined the Big Ten, maybe just three, but a little added extra element on Saturday because a, a past villain comes to town, right? Yeah, good old Scott Frost is uh, back to try and, you know, cause a little more um, controversy between Big Red and, and, and the Wolverines. Uh you know, unfortunately, Brian Greasy won't be there to fight him at midfield. But what are you going to do? That's too bad. Uh, so for our listeners, I feel like Scott. I feel like Scott Frost would win that one. <laughs> probably. So for our listeners who are twenty and younger, I don't know how many of those there are. Uh, but in nineteen ninety seven, Nebraska and Michigan mm-hmm. title, and um, I think it's only been done maybe then mm-hmm. once or 
once more, maybe. Uh, there was that year that Auburn and Oklahoma may have split. Um, but Michigan beat Washington State, Ryan Leaf in the Rose Bowl, and then the following night, Nebraska destroyed Peyton Manning in, in Tennessee. And um, Scott Frost gave a, a speech on the podium about how how the voters, with a clear conscience, how could they vote against Nebraska and that great man, Tom Osborne. And uh, we woke up the next morning, and it was a, a, a split title. The Nebraska won the coaches, and Michigan won the AP. And so now, 20 years later, Scott Frost returns to, to Ann Arbor. Now, he's been back once before. Two years ago, he was there with, uh, with Central Florida. So now, Michigan fans have gotten their, their licks on him. Uh, but he hasn't come back wearing the the scarlet and cream like he will be Saturday morning. Yeah, and uh, one, it will be interesting to see, you know, what the reaction from the crowd is. But two, uh, personally, I'm interested in the reaction of me sitting in the Nebraska section in my maize and blue and how I will be treated by the visiting folks. Uh, they're very friendly people, and I think we just want to see um, fewer than three turnovers in the game and fewer than, like, ten penalties. And if we see those things, I think everybody would be happy. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't anticipate this is going to be like uh, attending an Eagles game or something. Um, what are you most looking forward to? about going to the big house and that whole experience. Because you've been there once before, right? I've been. I went in uh, 2013 on the uh, Brady Hoke farewell tour. And um, actually, he had one more year on his farewell tour before he uh, he left. Uh, it's just like, I was looking at the forecast. It's going to be like 60, 62, perfect fall day. Big Ten football at noon, the way football is meant to be, the big house. I mean, this is college football Saturday at its quintessential point. And so, you know, I I really don't care about the outcome, but Ann Arbor is a cool town. I'm sure we'll, um, you know, imbibe a few beverages. And, um, yeah, I think um, just just the experience is just – I think the old the old Big Ten campuses are just a it's just a cool place to be on a fall Saturday. The game aside, and Nebraska pulls it out. Astros sugar on top, but um, I'm coming in with low expectations, and I hope I don't sound like uh, your daughter by the end of the game. <laughs> well, if you reach that pitch, then things will have assuredly gone very very poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I myself am quite excited. I've not been to a game at the big house since I was in high school and I graduated in 2004. So it has been a very long time since I've gotten to be uh, part of the sea of humanity. That is uh, the big house. So I'm, I'm super excited. Like I am beyond pumped. I agree completely about the weather uh, and the time of day and just the, you know, the added, the added storyline of Scott Frost being back with Nebraska. yeah, so that's that's this Saturday. But uh, anything else in college football stand out to you in recent weeks? Um, I will say I think that um, 
It's Alabama versus the world. I haven't even watched the play. <laughs> I've just seen the scores. And, um, yeah, maybe they'll cool down. But um, but I think, uh, I think the first three weeks have been fantastic. I mean, that Ohio State-TCU game for three quarters was, was great. Um, there seems like there's been so many great games. I'm a little worried about the Big Ten. They had an awful – Awful Saturday. Northwestern losing to Akron. Nebraska losing to Troy. Illinois lost. Purdue lost to Missouri. Uh, the Big Ten West. Wisconsin lost to BYU. Big Ten West. Yeah, that's the, uh, right there. That's the big one. Yeah, Big Ten West could be could be wild. Um, so that that kind of stands out. Um, but other than, other than that, yeah, just I'm like you, looking forward to Saturday. It's gonna be one of those great, great fall Saturdays for football. I'm, uh, I'm confident. Cool. Well, what other topics should we discuss? Well, I remain in a city where the backup quarterback was once very popular, and now he's the starting quarterback, and he is even more popular than you can imagine. <laughs> and his name is Patrick Mahomes. Dude, dude's had a good start to the year. That's uh, pretty undeniable. More touchdown passes on Sunday than uh, incompletions. Which is a bit nuts. Yeah, I mean, I don't play fantasy football, but even even I got to respect uh, the, the points his owners uh, put up on, on Sunday because uh, I have to imagine it was plentiful. What uh, was the final, like 52 to 48 or something stupid uh, like 42 to 37, and okay. Chiefs really should have put it away a lot sooner than they did. They had a couple turnovers. Um, they had a safety. They, they just allowed Pittsburgh to kind of hang around. Um, but, you know, Kansas City hasn't had a quarterback that it's drafted, that it's had success with since um, Todd Blackledge, like in the 80s out of Penn State. <laughs> it's not quite like a Browns esque list of bad quarterbacks, but like they once drafted Brody Croyle and put the franchise's hopes in his hands. I remember that. Yeah. Um, and, and so now to have uh, Patrick Mahomes and we we discussed in the last episode, you know how I I don't make the NFL as appointment television, but. This Chiefs offense might be appointment television. I mean, you never know what Tyreek Hill is going to do when he gets the ball in his hands. Dude, he it's he reminds me of like what Percy Harvin did when he was at Florida. Yeah. But he's doing it in the NFL. Right. It's ludicrous. Yeah. It just what whatever Andy Reid is drawing up is in, in there will be a point. It always happens with an Andy Reid coach team where they lose like three or four games in a row inexplicably because a defensive coordinator, defensive coordinator picks up on things or whatever it may be. Uh, but until that happens, it's um, it's sweet. And um, now it's just a matter of winning a playoff game, which uh, an Andy Reid coached Chiefs team has uh, struggled to do. They've had some bad, bad playoff losses. Well, that's a long ways away. Let's not dwell on that just yet. I mean, there's still time for the uh, the Lions to turn around and make the playoffs. 
No, it's not going to happen. I was hearing, I was hearing where Matt Patricia maybe not being uh, well received by the the Lions locker room. Too much of the the Patriots way. Maybe he's batting down the hatches a little too tight early on. Well, here's here's what I have to say about that. As a lifelong Lions fan, the uh, when you compare the Lions way with the Patriot way, well, there really is no comparison now, is there? Because if you look at those two franchises in the last, oh, I don't know, since Tom Brady got drafted. Mm. The, Lions have, the Lions have made the playoffs two, maybe three times in that time span. Uh, the Patriots have won more Super Bowls than we've had playoff appearances. They've lost more Super Bowls than we've had playoff appearances. That's how often they got to the Super Bowl. So if the if the Lions locker room is refusing Matt Patricia and his, you know, um, obsession with details and getting stuff right, well, then the culture needs to change because clearly, I'm not saying Matt Patricia is the savior of the Lions. He might not be a good head coach. He might just be a, a career defensive coordinator. There's no shame in that. But if it's the we like half-assing everything versus we like paying attention to details. Well, paying attention to details always gives you a better chance to get the job done well than just, you know, surfing by. And I'm just, I'm as a Lions fan, I'm sick of watching us waste the careers of talented players. Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, Matthew Stafford wasted on a team that that when push comes to shove doesn't care enough to win and so if a head coach comes in and wants to push these guys to give a crap and to care about the details and to do it right you know every day in practice before Sunday you know I'm with a coach on that one and the players that don't want to do it can go somewhere else go to Cleveland I don't care it's, it's super frustrating. Yeah, it, it may take um, a few years to, the, like I said, change, change that culture. But you hope that he uh, he has the records to give himself the the time. Um, it's not like the college well, game it, where you can say, "Oh, well, let's give him three years to get his own guys in here." I mean, there's going to obviously have to be cooperation with the the, the front office on uh, achieving that goal. Well, and the good news is, is the guy that runs the front office came from the Patriots. And oh, he has the front office at his back. So I think this is going to be a multi-year deal where if the players don't want to play the coaches and the GM's way, they're gone. And that's how it was in New England. You don't want to, like, think of how many big-name players Tom Brady had around him his entire career that were big-name players right. before he showed up. Randy Moss, uh, Is Dylan, it? the running back that came from Cincinnati. Uh, no, who? I was going to say Corey Dillon, the, uh, the, the running back. Yeah, Corey Dillon and Randy Moss, and that was really it. Everybody else became – 
a well-known name because they were on that team. You think Julian Edelman or Wes Welker has their career they have if they're playing in San Francisco or in Chicago? No. Not a chance. They, they find guys that fit the system, that will play the right way, and then they make it work. I mean, the Patriots haven't had a stud running back since Corey Dillon. They do everything by platoon. Danny freaking Whitehead. Wood, Are Woodhead. you kidding me? <laughs> Woodhead, sorry. To hear Whitehead is a, is, was a Lions uh, uh, linebacker. Yeah, Danny Woodhead. Like, it, I just – I get really frustrated when there's pushback from a locker room that hasn't accomplished jack squat in the league to a coach who has. And again, he's a rookie head coach, so there's bound to be plenty of, you know, bumps in the road and, you know, situations that should have been handled differently that he, like, he has to learn too. But I don't know. I'm just, as a Lions fan, I'm, it's it's hard to be hopeful, even though the GM and the head coach are on the same page, yep. theoretically. But it's, you know, we're two games in. We're, we're literally two games into this guy's tenure as a coach of the Lions. We could look back at this in four years and be laughing. Like, wow, why did I get worked up over nothing? It was fine. It's true. But such is such is sports yep. fandom. You know I mean look at the uh, look at these Huskers. 0 and two down to a sophomore walk on quarterback. Yeah. Let's push the restart button on this one. <laughs> well if you're gonna restart you might as well do it early yep. in the year. So, all right, since we're talking NFL, uh, surprises. What has stuck out to you thus far in our Uh Apparently the uh, 85 Bears have returned. Oh, you mean you mean has shown up in Chicago, kind of, sort of, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Um, he didn't do the first game, but... So what are the, the storylines like to me out of the NFL first two weeks? It's uh, the Khalil Mack trade and Patrick Mahomes. Like, that's all you know about. You're probably pretty much caught up on things. And and John Gruden's debut not going quite as as planned. Um, well, and Ryan, I think there's and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh gosh, dude! <laughs> His post game. <laughs> I thought it was Conor McGregor. I just yeah. saw a picture of it. And then I realized that's Tampa Bay's logo. And then I was like, oh, my gosh. that I legit thought it was Conor McGregor. I'm thinking about wearing that on the plane Friday. You should totally do that. 100%. But I'm flying spirit, so I'm having to pay just to breathe on the flight. But, hey, you know, you get a really small drink tray, too, to help, you know. Um, you, you can't forget, though, Jacksonville being 2-0. That's true. And, and beating the Patriots in week two. Yeah, Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles is still uh, immortal. So, yeah, but, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, Khalil Mack to Chicago. Like, all – I think it was all seven new coaches lost week one, which is, you know, at least there's consistency there. But, yeah, I I think uh, whether or not Jacksonville is the real deal or not, at least – you know, beating New England early on. And, I mean, doing so, Marquise Lee's out for the year, who was one of their better receivers. Um, yeah, we'll see. We will see. There's a lot of 
there's a lot of uh, you know rookies looking to make an impact or or you know second or third year play um, as well. Yeah, I'd forgotten that the Packers and uh, a uh, doped up uh, Aaron Rodgers came back and beat the Bears that opening night. He was uh, he was a little loopy after that one. Yeah, his, I don't uh, think he could in his post game interview. <laughs> I don't think he could feel much, but hey, you know they were down what twenty to nothing and came back and won. Yeah, whatever works. Indeed. Um, any NASCAR nuggets for us this week? Where are we in the season? Is oh, the, the playoffs. The, the playoffs have started. They started in Las Vegas. Now, um, kind of caught up in college football, so I couldn't tell you where they head this weekend. But uh, I'm sure it'll be a great race, and we are like a month out from them returning to Kansas Speedway for the Hollywood Casino 400. So I should probably kind of dive back in because um, I kind of reached like that low point in my uh, paying attention. So I should probably catch back up. I mean, how else am I going to keep up on NASCAR? You're my only inside source. I will. Uh, I'll do my research and have a full report for you when I uh, arrive at uh, Wayne International Airport or whatever it's called. <laughs> is that is that the correct is that the correct name? Uh, Detroit Wayne. Yeah, it's Wayne Detroit, County. So Detroit, Detroit Wayne. Yeah. Yeah, Detroit Wayne Airport. Uh, it's a very nice yeah. airport. I've been there. Well, what's funny is it's not even in Detroit, but that's it's, it's neither here nor there. Uh, what is your uh, prediction for Saturday's game, your official prediction? Um, well, having having watched zero seconds of Nebraska football this year. And you're um, a better man for it. <laughs> I think Michigan wins by at least two touchdowns. If not, if not seven. So points. you're you're saying Nebraska covers? Well, oh, the yes. spread's eighteen. Yeah, you know, I'm still not convinced that Michigan's offense can get it done for four quarters. Um, and I just, yeah, I, I when they click, they're very fun to watch offensively. But when they don't, it's an absolute dumpster fire. Uh, so I imagine it's going to take the offense one, if not two quarters, to kind of get up to speed. So I, I have all the faith in the world of Michigan's defense when Michigan's offense can actually move the ball because it allows you best, which is put pressure on the quick decisions under under fire. So if they can, if if our defense can play with the lead, they're darn near impossible to beat. Um, but it's the early stages of the game when the other team doesn't necessarily have to throw on second and third down that, you know, causes our defense to look slightly less immortal than they usually do. So we'll see. You never know. But yeah, I, I think, I think 14 to 17 points is a pretty guess for. I'm going to offer two predictions. Um, Largely based on who plays quarterback. So if it's Andrew Bunch, who is the walk-on sophomore quarterback, uh, Michigan wins, I'm going to say, like, 35-17. And if the stud true freshman Adrian Martinez plays, who was out last week with a leg injury, I'm going to say that Nebraska pulls the upset 27-21. And here's why. 
because I think that the first two weeks of the season they had that that cancellation with the weather. Then they played Colorado, and it they they barely lost. Then you know this week against Troy they had their chances. I think they get on the road. There's a little less pressure. Now they're the underdog, and I think they play a little looser, a little freer. And I think the I like the added storyline of of Scott coming in and and making Michigan two and two. But I, I think it leans more toward the first prediction of. of, of <laughs> I'm just I just I'm trying to think of what what are some positive outcomes when I leave the big house on Saturday afternoon. Um, a sandwich from Zingerman's Deli. That's a good outcome. That's true. <laughs> I didn't go there the first time around, so that will be a, a new a new experience. I've actually never been there either, so I think we need to make it happen. Yeah. All right. Um, I was gonna I was gonna do a bit of a little uh, MLS corner, but then I realized I haven't watched a game in two weeks. So I'll save us from my. Uh... Be eager. Sounds good. All right. Well, I suppose I will uh, pick you up at the airport in three days. Sounds good. I'll be the guy in red. <laughs> I'll, I'll be sure to. I'll be sure to uh, make you wait an extra hour. Yeah, I'm gonna bring a car flag to strap on the window. <laughs> and some magnets. Well, all right. Then I will call you an Uber and give them your credit card information. Sounds good, sir. See you soon. (laughs) All right, bye. See you.